Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Amen, amen. Come on, if we love Jesus all across this house, can we make a little bit of noise for the King of Kings, Lord of Lords? Come on, we got five seconds of some praise for the King is worthy of all praise. Come on, you got five seconds. Has he ever provided for you? Has he ever given anything to you? Come on, let's praise him for five more seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Once you high five your neighbor, say, I'm glad you came to church today because we're about to have some church today. Go ahead. Glad you came to church today. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Glad you came to church today because we're going to have some church today. And I'm just, uh, man, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, if I've never met you before, my name is Dustin. I get a chance alongside my wife and our family just to lead here at Purpose Church. Just so thankful for you. And we are in this series called How's Your Heart? Tap your neighbor and ask them this question. How's your heart doing? Just go ahead and ask them. How's your heart doing? How's your heart doing? <coughs> oh, good. Oh, I love that. I'm so thankful again that you're here. We're in this series called How's Your Heart? And again, this, this month of February is one of those uh, months that really a lot of times you do typically talk about kind of some things going on in the love world, right? In your relationship, my relationships around us. That's what we've been talking about in this series together. We've been looking, actually just started last week, uh, and we're going to continue it this week. But I, I feel like in my spirit that the Lord just kind of want to shift, uh, wants to shift kind of the direction that we're going a little bit today. Uh, like really what a couple of times, uh, as I told you last week, there's kind of like this uh, two different themes that we see in the book of Song of Songs that we've been talking about. And there's kind of two themes. There's one at like face value. We can take it at, okay, this is a marriage relationship. This is a relationship between a husband and a wife. And we can talk about really some practical stuff there. We'll probably get back to that maybe. Uh, but today I feel like honestly there's another theme in this entire book that I think is just this idea of this love of God. And honestly there's this kind of 30,000 foot view that we're going to take today because I just got to open my spirit this week, this idea of revival, right? Just got this spirit, like, like I'm just telling you, like right in the middle of my gut right now, I feel like we've been on the fringe even as a church in the middle of some revival, right? The fact that we had a chance just to put shoes on the kids' feet of 327 kids, guess what? That's 327 families that you serve. Guess what? A few weeks ago, we got to see 21 people go public with their faith in baptism. That's not, because, that's not because they were talked into it. That's not because we had clothes. That's because the Holy Spirit was drawing them to go public with their faith. And eight of them, yes, were signed up, but 13 people also went public with their faith that day spontaneously. Come on, that's some revival type stuff. Then last Sunday, I'm just telling you, in the second service, I felt the Spirit of God like crazy in that service because what happened was we, we kind of just ran out of time in a song, and guess what kept happening? Worship kept happening, and prayer kept happening, and 
Repentance kept happening. And so guess what? I'm all about getting out of the way and letting God do what only he can do. And so I just, I, I, this series, again, it, I want it to be really practical, but I just feel like there's some real practical stuff when we lean into the Lord, when we lean into the Holy Spirit and what he has for our life. And so I, I do want to start out with a question because I kind of want to all get us in this same direction together. How many of y'all, has anybody out there ever been dumped before? Anybody out there, come on, wave at me if you've ever been, you've ever been broken up with, you've been dumped. Okay. Uh, what, what happened to me when I was in the 10th grade, right? I remember I was dating this girl, and baby, this is, this is B.A., before Allie. Come on, girl, I didn't know I had the best was still ahead. You know, I just died in your arms tonight. Okay, sorry. Like, like I didn't know that was coming, okay? Like, like, like here's the deal. Here's the deal. This girl came up to me, and she said, hey, I'm just going to tell you, Dustin, it's not working out. And I'm mean, like, what you mean it's not working out? Like, here's the deal. You're a ba- I think it's working great, right? You're a basketball player. I'm a basketball player. Like, I'm, I think this is going good. And here's what she said to me. She said, hey, here's the deal. And she said this, it's not you, it's me. How many of y'all have ever had that line given to you before? All right, y'all dated her too. Come on, somebody, right? Okay, you know how I talk about, like, it's not you, it's me. How many of y'all know that in a dating relationship, that is nothing more than a cop-out, right? That's a cop-out statement. That is one of those statements that you say, like, you, you, you really want to break up with somebody. You really want to, like, just be done with the, the you know, the, the, the girlfriend-boyfriend thing. Like, you want to be done with them, but you, like, can't be mean to them. And so you're like, no, 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 I just want to let you know, it's not you, it's me, right? It's not you, it's me. And I think that a lot of us have experienced that before. I think a lot of us have, have walked in uh, or out of relationships by using that excuse. And again, what I think for a second, if we'll just stop for a second, yes, we're in the middle of this How's Your Heart series, but I also want to just talk about this idea. I think that that phrase right there, it's not you, it's me, actually could be one of the most healthy, like the healthiest phrases that you could ever adopt in your relationships, in your life, in your family, uh, even in your Christian life. Because again, I think so many times what happens is, I believe so many times in our life, what we want to do is we want to experience some change right? We want to go through some things. We want something to be better. We want to experience the big moments. But what happens is we're waiting on somebody else. We're waiting on something else to happen or to to take place before we will actually take a step and move. But I just think it's time that we, as the body of Christ, that we would own that phrase and say, hey, it's not you, it's me. And we say, hey, you know, I'm not waiting on something else or somebody else to take place. No, I'm not waiting on a move of God just to catch up to me. He's already moving inside of me, and I believe that he's going to do something in that in, in this place today. If you and I will adopt that phrase, it's not you, it's me. If we will look inward and say, hey, where is it in my life that I need to change? Where is it in my life that I need to repent? Where is it in my side of the relationship that I need to own up to some things I haven't been, I haven't been living up to? And I think, again, it's not you, it's me. And I want to just kind of take a look, not selfishly, but I think there has to be some intro, uh, I guess kind of just some, some looking at ourselves that needs to happen today. And I believe, again, this, that what's been going on uh, in, in Kentucky, in our own state right now, that has literally been worldwide news. And I'm just telling you, I just feel this, this, uh, this, this idea of revival, right? This idea of, of what's happening at Asbury and what has taken place over the last... And maybe you haven't heard, if you haven't, there's been like a, a continuous 24-hour uh, for the last 11 days 
of a service that has continued to go on. And again, a lot of times, here's what I want you to know. Like, that's not because they have lights and the stage. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But guess what? They're, they're experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's repentance that's taking place, if there is some prayer that's going on, and listen to me, college student, listen to me, high school student, listen to me, middle school student, it's being led by the next generation. It's being led by 18 to 25-year-olds. And so my heart, my passion for our church is that we're going to be a church that is led by 18 to 25-year-olds. That they're going to walk into just whatever arenas that they find their life in. And God is going to use them. And I believe that the wave always starts in the student section. And so this idea of revival has been wound up inside of me all week long. And I just, I got to thinking about that. What does revival mean? I think a lot of us walk in this place on a Sunday. What begins to happen is we come in here and we're depleted. We're dead. I feel like we're dead on the inside. We feel like we're struggling. We feel like we're just barely making it by. And maybe that's in the relationship that you find yourself in as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe, maybe that's where you find yourself. Maybe that's where you, you, you're walking in this room experiencing today. And I just have this idea and this prayer that, God, would you just send revival? What does revival mean? Revival literally means to bring back to life, to come back to life. And again, maybe you walked in this place depleted, tired, going through the motions, ready to give up, dead on the inside, numb, that you just walked in just to, just to go through the motions. And what begins to happen is that is affecting every relationship that you have in your life. But what if I came to tell you today that revival is waiting on you? And we serve a God today that can part red seas, that can open blind eyes, that can cause the mute to speak, the lame to walk, empties borrowed tombs, right? That's the God that we serve. And so you may have walked in here feeling that way, but revival is in the room. You may have walked in here feeling one way, but his spirit is in the room. You may have walked in here dead, feeling like, man, there's nothing to live for, but his presence is in the room. And when he shows up, there's no telling what might happen, because when the spirit is in the room, the miraculous the supernatural has the ability to happen. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? <clears throat> and listen, I, I think so many of us are saying, God, we, we want our relationships to be better. I want my workplace to be better. I want everything around me to be better. Here's the deal. Revival around me, write this down. I want you to get it on the inside of you too. Revival around me starts with revival within me. Like, if you and I want to experience what's going on in Asbury, you know what they're doing? They're repenting. They're, they're turning to God. They're going after God. And I think we're going to look at this idea today. It's going to be a real simple message. I hope you're okay with that. I hope you're not one deep theological teaching today because we're not going to get there today. Um, but we're going to be really, really simple because I think sometimes we make the gospel a little bit too hard, a little bit too complicated. And today we're going to see that it is pretty simple. If we will chase after God, we will find him. If we will pursue him, we will find him. And so we're going to talk about that. But revival around me starts with revival within me. Somebody say revival, revival. around me revival. starts with revival, revival. in me. In. Come on, say in me. In me. Listen, you want your marriage to come back to life? It starts with revival in you, sir. You want your workplace, to, the relationships that you've been having at your workplace that feel dormant or, or dead? You want them to feel hopeful again? Guess what? It starts with revival in you. You want your family that has been split apart for years and you don't know if there'll ever be any reconciliation? You want there to be some revival in your family? Well, revival starts with revival in you. You want to experience that prodigal that's going to come home one day? I just believe that 
that there's got to be some revival in you first. It's not you, it's me. And the title of today's message, it's time to get desperate. Come on, you got to get desperate. That's probably not the title that you're thinking about when you're thinking about a, a series on relationships in church. But I'm going to tell you today, I want to be a part of a church that gets desperate for God. That gets desperate for our love for him. That gets desperate for his presence. And that if he doesn't show up, I don't want to be here. If God's presence doesn't show up, I don't want to be here. And I just think, I think there's so many times that we're okay just going through the motions. And I'm trying to just rally you up today. I'm trying to fire you up today to say, hey, you know what? Listen, revival, it can happen in Murray, Kentucky. I believe it's coming. I believe it's going to take place. But guess what? Revival in your relationships, revival in your workplace starts with a revival in you, sir. Starts with a revival in you, ma'am. And so let's go after that together. We're going to look at the Bible, what the Bible has to say about getting desperate. Again, you probably wouldn't think when we're in a series called How's Your Heart that we'd be talking about desperate, like getting desperate, right? But we're going to talk about that today because I think in this book right here, and I was thinking this week and I was texting Al a little bit about it, I was like, how in the world I feel like the Lord is shifting, like to go from like face value, this is how you can be a better husband, better wife, to like, okay, let's go, let's go like spiritual, like really, really spiritual with it, um, and, and I was thinking, there's no way we can do that with the Song of Songs, and the Lord just got a hold of my heart and, and showed us chapter three of Song of Songs, and it's this one, uh, this woman that we've been talking about last week, there's three characters, three groups of people in this book, right? Right? You've got the lover, you've got Solomon, you've got he's the husband, you've got this, this Shulamite woman, she is the wife, and you've got the young daughters, the daughters of Jerusalem, right, which is kind of the crowd around them. So we got these three different types of people in this story, and what we're going to pick up right here is that there is, a, um, there, there is a scene that takes place in chapter 3 that I believe we can learn from. And again, we're not going to get any like, like points today on, on how to be a, communicate better or anything like that. It's not going to be that. It's going to be more of a heart issue today. I feel like the Lord just said, hey, we got to go a little deeper on the heart today. we got to do a little surgery on the heart today. And so I, I think that's going to be where we go today. And, and I want to just read that. It's from Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 4. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. This is what it says. Verse 1 it says, one night, this is the young woman speaking, one night as I lay in my bed, I yearned for my lover. I yearned for him, but he did not come. And so watch what she said in verse 2. So I said to myself, I will get up and I will roam the city, searching in all of its streets and squares. I will search for the one that I love. So I searched everywhere, but I did not find him. Watch what she says, verse 3. The watchmen stopped me as they made their rounds, and I asked, have you seen the one I love? Then scarcely had I left them, right? As soon as I left them, as soon as they gave me some information, as soon as I left them was when I found my love. I like there's an exclamation point right there because there was some excitement when the finding happened. And guess what? Well, I left him and I found my love. I caught him and I held him tightly. And so see, I just want to talk for a few minutes and this is going to be kind of just like, uh, there's not many points today. Like I feel like I, I, I'm just going to give you some real, like just straight up just like, okay, let's go together. All right. So like the very first thing I see this woman and that we see this young woman do, she does something radical. She does something audacious. She does something bold and it begins with a pursuit so the very first thing I want you to see is there's a pursuit that takes place there is this chase that takes place there is this seeking that takes place that's what's going on in this book right here in chapter 3 so she's laying in her bed she's comfortable she's safe she's in a controlled environment but here's the deal she has this burning desire on the inside of her to be with the one that she loves now think about that so what does she do she doesn't just have this desire, 
What does she do? She acts on that desire, and she goes after him. She has this relentless pursuit that takes place. And listen to me, this is not easy for her, right? It's not easy for her to leave the comfort and security of her bed for the danger of the street. No, you got to think, a woman at this time, at night, in the streets, by herself, alone, she is in a dangerous position. She's in a vulnerable position. She is in a, a, a position where she is exposed. But watch this. She's willing to risk it all in order to be in the presence of the one that she loved. And I have this deep desire, she's saying, to be in the presence of the one that I loved and nothing is going to stop me from getting to him. And the young woman was desperate. And something happens when we get desperate. Anybody ever met somebody that's desperate? Anybody ever met somebody? Don't elbow nobody next to you, right? Like, don't be doing that. Anybody ever met somebody that's desperate? Come on, wave at me if that's you. You've met somebody that's desperate, okay? Maybe in a relationship that they were desperate. Maybe just in life that they were desperate, right? This idea of being desperate, it's showing extreme urgency or intensity, especially because of a great need or desire is what Webster defines that as. That's what desperate is. But I got to thinking, you know what? Somebody that's desperate, you know what they're willing? They're willing to do anything and everything. Go to any extreme, no matter the cost, to just get the relief, right? If somebody's desperate, if somebody is desperate enough, man, they're willing to do anything. They're willing to go, and you know what they're willing to do? They're willing to count it all as lost if they can just reach what they're not desperate for anymore, right? If they'll just get that, if they'll just find what they're, they're searching after. Now think about that, and I want to just, just tell you with this. I think we need as a church, we need some desperation. I think as a church, it's time for, for just the church of Jesus Christ to have some desperation for him. I think it's time for us to have some desperation for his, for his face, for his presence. And here's the deal. Desperation holds incredible potential if you and I respond correctly. If, if we're desperate, listen, desperate, when you're desperate, it can cause you to do some dumb things. Come on, somebody, right? But if you're desperate, it's got some incredible potential. If, listen to me, if you respond correctly, if you and I respond the right way. I think about that. Again, for me, I just feel like this is something that the Lord has put on my heart this week. And again, I know this is different than how I usually am, but I just I feel it so heavy on me right now for our church. Like, here's the, here's the question I have for us. Am I desperate for God? Or am I okay to do it without Him? I think that's the question I keep asking myself. Am I desperate for God? Like, or do I think I can just handle a day without Him? Am I desperate for God, or am I okay with doing a, an experience, a service without Him? I remember singing that song as a kid when we grew up. It was one of those first worship songs that we sang. And I'm not going to sing it because your boy's hoarse today a little bit, all right? But I remember um, that song. Okay, I might sing it. Is that all right with everybody? All right, we're going <laughs> to sing it together. I remember that song. Y'all remember? And I... I'm desperate for you. Remember that? And I, I'm lost without you. I have to look at my own life and I have to think, 
is that just lyrics that I sing and have sung, or is that the, the, the posture of my heart? And I, I'm desperate for you. And I, I'm lost without you. And I would just pray that that would be the cry of our church. That we would be so desperate for the presence of God. Lord, am I desperate for your presence? Or am I okay doing without you? And I'm just going to tell you guys, I'm not okay doing it without him. As a church, we're not okay doing it without him. I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to be okay doing it without him. There has to be this desperation. I say, I think we see it from this girl right here. Am I willing to risk it all? Am I willing to go to the extreme, go to extreme measures, no matter what the cost, my reputation, what people say, my 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 reputation at school or work or my family? Am, am I willing to count the cost in order to see God move? I think in my own life, i got to answer that question. Because here's the deal. We have to have that deep connection with God for revival to happen in those other places. We've got to have this deep connection, this desperation. We need to be on our knees in desperation for His presence. Now, I, I'm just going to... Uh, I'd probably, I don't necessarily have to do this because it hasn't ever been a focus for us necessarily. I'm, I, I want to apologize just for the church as, as a whole, not just our church, this is the church as a whole. Well, we've made our platforms bigger and our altars smaller. And that's on, that's on the leadership. That's on me. And I just feel like I need to share that with you because I'm desperate for a move of God. And I'm desperate for you. I am desperate as your pastor for you. And again, I know this, I'm usually running all over the stage, hooping and hollering, and, and I, I am. But I'm, I'm real serious about this for us. I'm real serious about this for us. Because when you're desperate and you're at the end of your rope, you find out Jesus is the only thing worth hanging on to. You find that out. Like when you ran out of steam and you feel like there's no hope, guess who he is? He is Jehovah Nisi, which means he is my banner of victory, meaning he's already gone before me, beside me, and behind me. When you toss and turn all night long wondering what's going to happen next in your family or with your kids, guess what God is? God is Jehovah Shalom, my peace, the peace that is better than anything else that passes all understanding. When we have no words to speak, you know what we have the ability to cry out to God? Abba, Father, because he hears us and he's near to us. We have a God that says, I am the bread of life, and if you will partake in me, you'll never be hungry again. We have a God that we serve that says, I'm a living water, and if you you will drink of me, you will never be thirsty again. You've tried your own way, but I am the way. You sought after your own truth, but I am the truth. You thought those were the things that would give you life, but I am truly life. And when you get to the end of your rope, you find out that God that we serve is Jehovah.
Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. And your desperation, church, listen, holds incredible potential when you respond correctly and we run to the Father. And we run to God. Come on, let's be desperate for his presence. Come on, let's be desperate to hear from God. Let's be desperate to not go through any other, every single day of our life saying, you know what, we'll figure it out on our own. No, I don't want to go unless God goes with us. I don't want to take a step unless God instructs us. I don't want to make a decision unless God is in the room. I don't want a service to take place unless the Holy Spirit is moving amongst us. Come on, let's get desperate. Come on, let's let revival start around us, but first let's let it start in me. Come on, if there's anybody that's thankful for that, if there's anybody that's grateful if there's anybody saying, hey, revival can start, it can start with me. Come on, give Jesus a big shout of praise. Come on, you got five seconds of some praise. Is there some revival rallying up out of Murray, Kentucky? Come on, give him some more praise in this place. I love, I love, I love, and I almost said it a few weeks ago, and I just, it's wild, it was in the, in the message notes, but I didn't, but I said it for this week, just for John Wesley, an incredible pastor, right, said it like this, light yourself on fire with passion, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. That's what we got a chance to see with Asbury. That's what we got a chance to see with revival. When dead things come to life, people come looking. Because you know why? They're walking in, they're, they're the dead, they're dead people walking too, right? We got all kinds of things that we're walking walking through right now, and I just believe that revival, we are on the cusp of that. If we will just be ready, if we will just say, God, it's going to start with me. It's going to start with me repenting. It's going to start with me saying, God, I am desperate for you. I want everything you have to offer me. I don't want just another service. I don't want just another week, another day. I want your presence in my life. Come on, if we believe that one more time, can we give God a big shout of praise in this room? Listen, I, when, I think of the, the, when I think of desperation, I just think about my kids that just came running in here a second ago, and I can't help but think of them. Because this is what I know, and if you don't mind, go ahead, Noah. Where you at, Noah? Go ahead, Noah's right. Jake is right there. He's going to be playing the keys. Thank you, sir. Forgot that. Hey, I, I, I just, here's the thing I want to, I want to, I love my kids so much, and I'm so thankful for them. And this is the thing, when they come running in or when they come in right there, here's the thing I know. When they're hurt, or they're scared, or they're confused, or they're alone, listen to me. A lot of times, my kids don't even know what to ask for. Right? They just know who has it. Now just think about that in your life. Are you confused? Are you scared? Are you hurt? Are you alone? Do you feel like you have nowhere to turn? Here's the deal. You don't even have to know what to say. You just got to know who to run to. So what would it look like for our church if we cried, Abba, Father? What would it look like for us? Abba's only found three times in the New Testament. And in every case, it's not a word said about God but a word that said to God. It's, it's a cry of some people's heart. It's cried out by those that know that their dependence is only on Him and trust in His provision and His goodness and His grace. And here's what I know. We need Abba, Father, because, thing, listen to me, things are getting desperate. 
Revival begins when his people acknowledge their need for him. Revival begins when human hearts begin to cry out and remember how to cry, Abba, Father. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I need to ask for. But I know who has it, and his name is Jesus. And when we cry out to him in desperation, who knows what can happen? Who knows what can happen? And I'm just imploring you today. What do you have to lay down in order to pursue God with all of your heart. Because this is what I know, just like this woman. If you will seek Him, the Bible says, you will find Him. If you will seek Him, Matthew chapter uh, 7, verse 7 says, Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I pray that we're going to be a church that seeks, asks, knocks, and guess what? I believe in the pursuit. On the other side of the pursuit, there's freedom. Because on the other side, there's God saying, hey, I'm here. I'm available. If you will just ask for me, I will pour my spirit out. If you will just ask for my presence, I'm not a reluctant God. I'm not a stingy God. I will give you my presence. There's freedom on the other side of seeking. There's freedom on the other side of the chase. There's freedom in the pursuit of God. There's freedom in the finding. There's freedom in going after the one that you love. And so here's my heart for us today. We're going to do that today. That that's going to be the cry of this church's heart. As long as I'm the leader of it, guess what? We're going to cry out, God, we need you. I'm desperate for you. I don't have all eloquent words today. I feel like I couldn't even get it out on to just, just to get it to you other than I'm desperate for God. And again, let's light ourselves on fire for Jesus. Let's do whatever it takes. Again, revival is not just for us. Revival isn't so that we can get in a holy huddle of four people and say, look at what God is doing with us. No, no, no. Revival is really rebirthing this thing on the inside of you through repentance again. God, what am I putting in front of you? What is in between me and you, God? What, what am I holding back? What, what, am I not, what am I not giving to you? If you and I will address that, if we will just show that, guess what? If we will pursue God, it'll be evident the things that are in between us and Him. And I just want to tell you, when you pursue God, just know, just like this Shulamite woman in Song of Songs chapter 3, as she kept looking, and it may not have been in the places that you thought it was going to be. It may not be in the places you thought it was going to be. But she kept knocking and she kept seeking, and she kept going after him. And guess what? She eventually found and got in the presence of the one that she loved. And I just got something for you today. When was the last time that you may not have found God in that thing that you thought you were going to find him in, and you gave up, and you just called it quits? You said, well, God's not in this. I'm going to do something else. God's not in this. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I just have, I just... I just have this deep desire on the inside of us. Let's keep asking. Let's keep seeking. Let's keep knocking. Let's keep pursuing. Because God is a God that says this in Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. I just have this on the inside of me today. That there's some seeking that we got to do today. There's some pursuing that we got to do today. There's some repentance that we got to chase after today. So in just a second, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to ask you to move. And listen to me. I'm going to ask you to go after God. It's 9.55. We're early today. Come on, somebody. Listen. But that doesn't, 
listen, I'm just going to tell you, don't walk out of this place. And God is trying to deal with you. Maybe there's a sin issue that you need to repent of. There is something to have. James 5 tells us about how the, the, listen, like when we come together and we will confess our sins to one another, right? When we're open and honest and transparent, we say, hey, I'm going to confess my sin. This is something I'm struggling with. Guess what? The healing can take place. God, obviously, God is the one that gives us forgiveness, but healing takes place when we confess some sin to each other. We get some accountability. So I'm just going to ask our church to do that. From all across this room right now, would you mind standing to your feet? I don't even know what we're doing right now. We're going to do it together, all right? Why don't you stand to your feet? First of all, I think I need to give just a, an invitation to those people that do not know Jesus right now. In just a second, we're going to have teams on either side of this platform. This altar area is going to be open. And I just got to tell you, we're going to sing, and maybe we'll sing a little bit more. Maybe it's got to keep going. I don't know what it is, but I do not want you to walk out of this place if you have something in between you and pursuing God. As he pursued you, did you know that? That God is a pursuing God. He came after you and me. That guess what happened? That you and I were sinners, right? This sin separated us from God. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God that he came. Thank God that even while I was still sinning, Christ died for us. And I'm just going to tell you, I just, I just want to tell you, if you don't know Jesus, that's why I get so fired up about it. Again, revival's not just for us. Revival is to revive us again, to go out there and make an impact. Revive us again, Lord. Breathe your fresh wind inside of us. Breathe your presence inside of us so that we can go make a difference out there. Revival's not just for the church. Revival is to spread to the whole world. And we're to go out and make a difference. And, but, but, but maybe you're in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Best decision I made a couple years ago. But a couple years ago, it's been a while. But man, I'm so thankful. I've made a lot of decisions since then. One, marrying my wife. One, going to school somewhere and doing all these things. Planting purpose. There, there's a lot of great, incredible things. Nothing is in comparison to knowing Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, the best decision you'll ever make is saying yes to him. So maybe you're in this room, and I'm not, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not even going to do this today. We're going to be desperate for God. Maybe you're in this room, and you need to give your life to Jesus. I don't usually do this. It's not something I typically do, but I feel like in my spirit, you know what? That it, that the Bible tells us that if we'll be like, hey, like we're going to be public with our, our decision to say yes to Jesus. We're going we're gonna to let somebody know that. We're going to let somebody know that, hey, I'm making this decision to say yes to Jesus. But I'm going to ask you today. Maybe you're in here and you've never said yes to Jesus. But today you want to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to do something pretty desperate. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come down here and hang out with one of my friends or one of us in just a second. It's on either side of this platform. On the count of three, I want you to do that. One, two, three. Maybe that's going to be a lot of people in the service. Maybe not. But guess what? Even if it's for one, it's enough. Me, you say, hey, that's me. I need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you just come out of your seat and come down here to these guys and gals? It'd be awesome. Awesome. So talking to a bunch of saved people up in a room today, all right? Here's my thing. Are you desperate for God? Or are you okay doing your life without Him at the front? So I think that's where that desperation happens for me. I'm just going to encourage you today. We're going to sing this song called Gratitude. And I don't know how long we're going to sing it. We're going to sing it together. But I'm, as soon as I get done praying, we're going to start this song. And if you're in this place and you feel like the Lord is saying, hey, I need you to pursue me with all of you that you've got. 
I'm going to open up this altar area. I want you guys to come down here and just pray before. This is, what, that, what's that, what, what does that mean? We reach a lot of people that may be unchurched. An altar area, you know what that is? That's just you bowing before the Lord. Right? This, this is a great posture for an altar. Okay? This is a great posture because this is a vulnerable position. Right? I'm not in power. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm relinquishing my power whenever I get on my knees before God. So I just want to ask our church, would we be relinquishing our own power, our own strength, to kneel before God? I'm just asking that we would just get desperate for it. All right? God, thank you so much for today. Lord, I just pray right now, in this moment, God, that there would just be a desperation of your people. And we're going to be quick to say thank you for what you've done. And we're going to be quick to repent of some sin that we've had in our life. God, we, we, we're struggling with some things. We're walking through some things, and we know they're hindering us from you. And God, I just pray that today we wouldn't walk out of this place without having an experience with you. God, I pray you have your way in this place. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's lean into that. Let's move. I ask you again, what is in between you and God? Would you begin to take that and lay it at the foot of the cross? This altar's open. We've got people on either side that are ready to pray with you. Come on, let's do life together. Let's, let's worship together. Let's pursue God together, all right? Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.